Now we ask Brother Frank to come. To the Lord God be the thanks with all our hearts for the great privilege that we may come together hearing His Word and experiencing our preparation unto the glorious day of His return. 
Today, we have visited from near and far. All those who are here today for the first time, I would like to welcome them in a special way. We have two couples from Poland. Maybe you stand up. Where do we have our friends? The Lord God bless you in our midst. May bless us all and be with us all. Thank you that you have come. Who else is here today for the first time? Do we have? Here is one beloved brother from Hamburg. God bless you. Pardon? One moment. Behind him, one brother stood up. Yes. And then we have Brother Gashuhe from the city of Ingolstadt. Please stand up, beloved brother. From the first moment, we are one heart and one soul. Just look around. All are loving the Lord and His precious and holy word. God bless you. May He bless us all. Amen. There is one brother, there is one brother, there one sister, there one brother, there one sister. God bless, there one brother. God bless you. May he bless us all from the riches of his grace. Then we would like to welcome our friends from Romania. Please stand up, all those who are from Romania. Please stand up. Look at this. Look at this, our friends from Romania. God bless you in a special way in our midst. Then we have friends from the Czech Republic, from Slovakia, as we said, from Poland, from Italy, from Austria, France, Switzerland, Belgium, Holland, from everywhere. Then we have one special visit, Brother Saidov from Uzbekistan, we know him already. Then we have Brother Graf in our midst, Brother Didier, Brother Gilbert. Then who else have we got? All our friends who are also ministering with the word, also from near and far. We have also to give you greetings almost from half of the world. Brother Wallström from Copenhagen, Brother John from Bucharest, Brother Nyagi from Nairobi, Brother Ngonga from the Congo, then we have Brother Daniel from Cape Town, Brother Motika from Johannesburg, Brother Hilton from Cape Town, greetings from Kigali, greetings from Botswana, Yes, greetings from everywhere. Moldavia is greeting. And also we greet all from this place and we wish all God's blessing with all our hearts. What a privilege that we can live in this time where God's word as never before was 
put upon the lampstand, where the biblical truths were brought back, where God really has sent one of his servants to, to bring us back to the original gospel, back to the original teachings, just to bring us back. I may not forget from South America, to be precise, from Chile, I at least had six phone calls. All are joined with us. All wish us God's blessing. And the one brother said, Brother Frank, nothing can separate me from you. And you all know what, what was going on in Chile and that my name also there it was very battered from the press media and so forth. But all who are of God are hearing the word of God. They receive it. They accept it. And to me the word came from Romans 8 verse 39. Nothing can separate us from the love of God which there is in Jesus Christ our Lord. And by this it remains forever. I was asked whether we should give time for our brothers to bring a word. This will be very difficult today. If a word, then please, only a word of greeting. Only a word of greeting, no preaching, just a word of greeting. We ask Brother Graf, no word, greeting word. We ask Brother Saidov, word of greeting, no preaching. We ask Brother Leonard from Brussels, word of greeting, no sermon. The sermon comes after. Who else have got? Brother Daniel, no sermon, just a word of greeting. We all know, beloved brothers and sisters, that the whole world is now tuning in, is watching and seeing, and that and receive, they would like to receive teaching and the word of God. And we appreciate that the brethren have come, and I hope that they understood everything the right way. With whom do we make the beginning? Who else wants to come? Come all. And then nobody will be long, but short. Brother Graf, we appreciate that you are here. Brother, please come now all. All, all. And everyone says a word of greeting. Thank you. Thanks be to the Lord. Today we will just deal very briefly with the timely events. Just we will touch upon it. We all heard about it. It was in all the newspapers. We have 13 years left to save the world. We all know about the climate, about all the changes. We all know what is written in Isaiah 30. 
the moon will be so bright like the sun and the sun seven times brighter and then of course seven times hotter everything comes everything comes and we are indeed in the end time and this very close before the return of the Lord the mockers are also having a boom this we also heard in the carnival they were making costumes in white with Jesus and a crown of thorns and with this they were marching around in the carnival Jesus with a crown of thorns in in another city they were displaying Mary homosexuals they were making a parade with the headline did Mary need a man to bear a son this one has to imagine of what kind of mockery is being done in our time and the people are not satisfied to make their mockery in general but they are making their mockery with our Lord and Redeemer. Then we have the message from Jerusalem that a man says that he has found the tomb, the tomb of our Lord, the coffin with the bones. What shall one say to it? Also, this is nothing but mockery. Our Lord has risen. We have visited the grave, the tomb, many times, as written in the Gospel of John. That's how it was, and that's how it is up until this day. Brothers and sisters, the main thing is therein that we recognize the time in which we arrived. The message which God has to give to us, the preparation, the calling out, the coming into agreement with God and His Word. We are of course not judging, but it hurts us that God's Word is was so interpreted. There's of course no scripture anymore which would not have been interpreted. We could list a whole number of them. Really, the people interpreted the word of God in their own fashion and then making their interpretations their doctrines. Nothing but misunderstandings in all of the church history be it the councils or what was being decided there, we all are going back to that what was taught in the beginning, what was done at the beginning. As the first sermon was, so the last one must be. As the first baptism was, so the last one must be. Everything must and will be brought into agreement with the Word and with 
the will of God. We are of course not judging the people regardless of the church or denominations. We are not judging. Our task is to to bring the word to the church of Jesus Christ with the goal of being prepared unto the glorious day of the return of Jesus Christ our Lord. Perhaps I would like to make the remark here. Wednesday evening at this place we were praying for Brother Peinelt and he wrote us an email and he greets us with Psalm 118 from verse 15. One will sing of the victory of God in the tents of the righteous. And this is the day which the Lord has made. We believe that God confirms His word. We believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we all know there are sicknesses which are unto death. And there are sicknesses they have come for that reason, for that purpose, so that healings take place. And so that the name of the Lord be glorified. That's how our Lord said it at that time. This sickness is not unto death, but to glorify God. And if the time is up, then the Lord takes his own home. If the time is not up, then he gives healing by his grace. We always say, let the will of God be done. Our task is, according to Jude, from verse 3, to contend for the faith which once for all was delivered unto the saints. That's how it is written. And by this it must and will remain. Jude, from verse 3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. This is our lot and it will remain our lot until the end. Right in the next verse it says, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into licentiousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And this must be said here once. We have at this time an international problem with the interpretation about Matthew 25. 
And because all the brothers in all of the world are hearing now, and as it has become known, let me say the following to it. In Matthew 24, we have the scripture that a servant will be there and all the other servants will give out the same food. This is our task with all the brothers who are ministering with the word worldwide. And I believe that you also acknowledge it with all your heart that God used Brother Brenham as a special vessel, a tool to bring the last message which you may carry. But also there, also there, people changed the original wording. They, they made simply the change and said, as John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ, and then comes, so you are sent with a message to forerun the second coming. This you is not in one of the 41 statements where Brother Brenham speaks about his ministry and about his calling, and he spoke about it, and where he repeats the wording. In the original, it says, as John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ, so you are sent with a message that will forerun the second coming of Christ. This is the wording from the 11th of June 1933 at around 14 hours in the afternoon. That's how it was, that, that, that's how it took place. But people are changing, as we also heard about. Doesn't matter what kind of statement of our Lord it might be. For instance, in Matthew 16, there the Lord said, Thou art Peter. And then he said, Upon this rock. He didn't say, Upon you. He didn't say at all. Not at all. He said, Upon this rock. And all know, the rock is Jesus Christ, our Lord. And one could mention a large number of scriptures which were just changed and people are being misled. And we have the task to say, not like this, not with us, but we go back to the word of God and we believe what the scripture says. Now the following. The following our brothers should take to heart who are making a special thing with a midnight cry. They should really take it to heart now to know where it speaks of the midnight. There they should read Exodus 11 and Exodus 12 to know what will happen at that time. In Exodus 
chapter 11, we read Exodus chapter 11, verse 4, And Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, about midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt, into the midst of Egypt. One can read it. What happened there? The one was the judgment about, about the Egyptians, and the other one was the leading out of the people of God. And then, then we go to Exodus chapter 12. Here for the first time, Uh, Israel is called the church before it's called people here it is the church which should be gathered and now it comes and this point now is very important in verse 5 it says in reference to the lamb which should be killed Exodus 12 verse 5 Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And ye shall keep it un until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening time. The lamb for every family should be killed. The blood should be applied to the doorposts. All should have their shoes on. All should be girded. All should take part in the exodus. And we see here, perhaps for all in the other languages, where probably it's not so precise. Most translations say at evening, in the evening time. But in the original it says, as here, in the German Menge translation, it says, between the two evenings, the people of Israel, until this day they differentiate the evening in two portions. The evening starts with the sunset and the evening ends with the setting in of the darkness. The one, the sunset, and the other one is the setting in of the night, the setting in of darkness. And exactly in this time span, in this time period, the lamb had to be killed and the blood should be a should be applied to the doorposts. Exactly 75 times Brother Brenham was referring to Zechariah where the word is written at evening time there shall be light. 75 times he was referring to it and he said the time is here We are living in that time period of the evening time for the church. And then he emphasized that the redemption 
happened only by the blood of the Lamb, and that we now should have our loins girded, and hearing the call, the cry, and then at the direct return of the Lord, being ready. In Exodus 12, verse 29, it says again, and at midnight, at midnight, it came to pass. One just has to know that the Holy Scripture was written in a divine harmony. At evening time, there shall be light. At midnight, the cry, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. The bridegroom is here. And in Matthew 25, it doesn't speak of a servant, not about seven shepherds, not about an eighth messenger, <clears throat> but only about those who go out to meet the bridegroom. And then the cry is being made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. And so, as it was with Israel, the exodus took place. It happened. It was not the message. It was the fulfillment. It was the leading out. Matthew, Matthew 25 is the fulfillment because thus it is written in verse 10 those who were ready went in to the marriage supper and the door was closed. It is just necessary that we respect God's word that we read, read it precisely and not coming up with new doctrines and causing divisions, but that we indeed are remaining in the word of God and leaving everything up to God. He knows when it must be done and how it must be done. This we really understood at this place, that the Holy Scripture does not permit any private interpretation. It doesn't, it's, it's, it's impossible. This may not be only what the scripture says. Then we have, I would say, the good news for all the believers. They remain in the word of God. They don't let themselves be shaken to and fro by any wind of doctrine. They are, they stand firm. They are grounded in the word of God. And they are walking their way in faith and in obedience with the Lord. What is especially in a special way on my heart is that the Lord would give us such a absolute. He has given it such an assurance. Not only that in Christ all promises are yes and amen, but the guarantee that the promises are becoming true in the believers, that it doesn't remain with a promise, but that we are led into the fulfillment of all the promises. In Romans chapter 8, we read in verse 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. 
nämlich zu dem, who are the called according to his purpose. God has a plan of salvation. He has a counsel. The Lord redeemed his church. He builds his church himself. And the church is his body, the fullness of him who fills all things. The Lord needed a body on the earth, a church, as the manifestation place for himself. Then we have in Acts 20, verse 27, the statement in reference to Paul. I declared unto you all the counsel of God, all the counsel an introduction, an insight into the plan of God, into the will of God, in all the details. What we have today are, of course, just a few letters which he has written to some churches. But in his time, in his ministry, he gave the introduction, the insight into the whole plan of salvation of our God. The mystery of the believers is really therein that God reveals His plan to us and that He fits us into His eternal plan of salvation. In Ephesians chapter 1 we read Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 11 in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. The, the salvation, the grace which was promised to us, this we have obtained in Him. Today, I was reading a report in a magazine that says, an apostle from Jerusalem. And with this should be said, The salvation comes from the Jews. But he who reads in the Gospel of John in chapter 4, he reads precisely, will see what it's all about. The salvation of God came first to the Jews. They rejected it. And then the salvation of God came from the Jews to the Gentiles. You can read it. You can read it. In Romans chapter 11, in verse 11, I can read it to you. And it's just so important, especially for you, dear brothers and sisters, or brothers who are ministering with, with, with the word. One may not just take one scripture and interpreting it, but one must uh, take all the scriptures which belong to it. Romans chapter 11, verse 11. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid, but rather through their fall salvation is come unto the Gentiles. So, some rejected and the others received. And then we go to the book of Acts 15 where James was lining out that the Lord first 
completes his church, and then he turns to Israel. As it is also written in the epistles to the Romans, in chapter 9, 10, and 11. So, placing of the events in the plan of salvation of our God. With the Jews, with the Gentiles, God started with Israel, God will end with Israel. But not by, by someone who now, as a Jew, who was born in the USA, uh, goes there as an apostle on, the, on his way to bring the salvation to the Gentiles. No! We received the salvation of God through Jesus Christ. And to the Jews, to Jerusalem, will come the two prophets. And that's how it is written. And that's how it will be. It is just so, brothers and sisters, one cannot tolerate anything what is not in agreement with the Holy Scripture. I don't know. I don't know how, how you feel. But to me, the longer, the more it's to me like this. I cannot stand it. What is not in agreement with the Holy Scripture? The same. We must say, all have the right to believe what they believe and the right to teach what they teach. But the Church of Jesus Christ has no special right. But it is the mouthpiece of God. And the word of the Lord must remain truth in our mouths. What, what churches and denominations and religions are teaching, this is up to them. With this we have nothing to do. They can believe and they can do what they like. To us, it is really about the preparation, about the completion of the church of Jesus Christ unto the glorious day of His wonderful return. Already in Psalm 33, verse 11, it says, The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The thoughts of His heart to all generations. The Lord says, Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. And now, the agreement, the lining up with the ways of God, with the word of God, with the will of God. This is the purpose of the di divine message in our time. Not that we isolate ourselves from others, that, that we want to isolate. The word isolates us, the word separates us. Who separated Israel from all the other people? It was the divine calling. The Lord spoke to Abraham. He chose him. And Abraham believed God. Brothers and sisters, only he who believes as the scripture says, believes God of a truth. As the scripture says, so we may believe by his grace. So, the counsel of the Lord stands forever. But where, where is this counsel? Where is it manifested? Of course, not in all the world. Of course, not in all the re religions. Also, this we heard about. I write now about it. Everything in one hand. All the religions, all the cultures, everything has been united. 
Did you he- hear about it? The agreement, the mutual agreement between Cairo and the Vatican. Did you all he- did you hear about it? How the things are taking their course. How everything is being united. How everything is comes under one roof. The church of Jesus Christ must come out before this uniting is being crowned. She must come out. She may not remain in it. Therefore the message, Ye my people, come out, be ye separate, and touch not the unclean thing. And then, back to the word. Who hearkens to the voice of the Lord today? Who? It's really only those who will be part of the overcomers by His grace. Then, in Psalm 73, verse 24, You are leading me. You are guiding me according to your counsel. And afterward, you receive me to glory. You are guiding me. He leads into all the truth. He leads us on the right path for His Holy Name's sake. Isaiah 46, verse 10. Declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times the things that were not yet done, this I proclaimed. My counsel shall stand. Brothers and sisters, it is not easy to swim against the stream. It is not easy to put the Bible truths upon the lampstand. When it's being misunderstood, you all know, the accusation is, they don't believe the Trinity. And then they go even further and say, they are of course then denying the Son of God. And they are accused in this or that way. No one believes more scriptural in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, then we are doing it at this place and worldwide. But we don't believe in a Son whom the Father uh, has born and begotten in heaven in eternity because the Scripture doesn't say anything about it. There is really no report in the Scripture about it. And why should a Father bear a Son up to now? Fathers are the ones who beget and the mothers are the ones who bear. Why should it not remain like this? God is the one who begets as Father. And why is it written in Psalm 22, verse 10, You have laid me into the mother's bosom. Why is it written in Luke? Why is it written in Luke 1? Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and the power of the Most High shall overshadow you. And that which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Why is it written in Isaiah 7, verse 14? A virgin shall conceive. It, 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 it doesn't say that God will conceive in heaven. No. And again, no. It must be said once. It hurts. It hurts. But it must be said. Mankind was misled. It was deceived. It was lied to. And they remain in the error unless they are hearing the truth. 
and hearkening to the truth and, and believe it because only the truth sets free and the truth is God's holy word the same the same with the baptism it's of course written in the, into the name of course not in the name in, into the titles what, what is the name in which we should baptize what is the covenant name in the New Testament in which God revealed himself as our Father in heaven, in his only begotten Son, on earth, in the church, by the Holy Spirit, God above us, God with us, Emmanuel, God in us, by the Holy Spirit. But of course, not three who are eternal, or three who are almighty, or three who are omnipresent, but one God who revealed himself in heaven and on earth and to our redemption as Father in the Son by the Holy Spirit. And this we believe because the scripture teaches it like this. One just has to have the courage to swim against the stream to preach the true word and to say to the whole world that's how the Holy Scripture teaches it. But once again, let it be emphasized. The interpretations are, were, were made so elegant. And you all know, our Lord, indeed, He had to resist the enemy who always has come with the Scripture. The enemy said, it is written. And again, it is written. And again, it is written in the temptation. And today, the enemy can also say, in Matthew 28, it is written. He can say, but he cannot say, it is also written. This he doesn't do. This he doesn't want. Therefore, back to the true faith. And I say once again, what others are teaching, is up to them. They will have to take responsibility for it before God. We have the responsibility before God and believe me, I'm not only saying it, it is so. We have the greatest responsibility which there was ever on the earth. Now, before the return of Jesus Christ, namely to preach the true word to the true church of Jesus Christ so that she can be sanctified in the word of truth because without holiness no one will see the Lord and our Lord said himself in John 17, 17 sanctify them in thy truth thy word is truth today and also with the uniting we have today, they are referring to the word in John 17, that they all may be one. Yes. And now, all the religions, all the cultures, all the churches, all shall be one. Because in John 17, it says that they all may be one. One takes one, they take one scripture and, and, and uses it. And the whole world is being pulled into it. The whole world is being deceived. He reads it precisely in John 17, Father, thou in me and I in them, so that we, so that we may be all one. 
not religions united with religions but as the Holy Scripture says it one must always always read a couple of verses before and a couple of verses afterward to see the context and to then have an overall picture the same when we look at the entire message it is really written in Amos 3.7 that God does nothing unless he revealeth his secret to his servants the prophets I didn't say it also brother Brenham he didn't say it it is written God said it that he does nothing unless he revealeth his secret unto his servants the prophets and therefore God has sent a prophetic ministry to reveal once again the mystery of God, the mystery of Jesus Christ, the mystery about Christ and the church, to reveal it once again and to lead us once again into all the truth so that we are being separated, so that we are taken, being taken out from everything what is not in line with God's word and that we are being brought into agreement with the word of God. But it goes even more. It is not only about to rebuke what others are doing. It is about that we as the church of the Lord experience the supernatural working of God. Brothers and sisters, recently I listened to a number of sermons of Brother Brenham also from the 50s, with what kind of emphasis Brother Brenham there speaks about the true new birth, about the true spirit baptism. Very tremendous, very tremendous he speaks about it. And then he says, unless, unless you made these experiences personally, and unless God bear witness to it and sealed you with his spirit because that's how it is written in Ephesians 1 verse 13 after you received the word of truth ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit and then we all know in the gospel of John in chapter 1 John was introducing the Lord behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. In John 2, we have then the wedding to Cana in Galilee. And when we then go on to John 3, there the first command is spoken out. Unless one is being born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The first requirement and doctrine which the Lord spoke out is about the new birth. Unless someone is born again, otherwise he cannot see the kingdom of God. The question was, how shall a man who is grown up return into the womb and then be born? And the Lord says, that which is born of the flesh, that is flesh. But what is born of the Spirit, that is Spirit. Now, 
Now, without any critic, but the two big churches, be it Roman or Anglican or Lutheran or wherever, whoever, Coptic or whatever, they are teaching that with the sprinkling of the infant, the baby is being born again and has entered into the kingdom of God and is being received by the church. And the infant doesn't know at all of the world. He doesn't know anything about mama and daddy. And he shall be born again automatically by an act of a parson or of a preacher, a priest. It's impossible. And the whole world believes it and goes and stands for it because it was invented someday. It is being taught and taught and taught. And to us, they look as to those, they, they really call us false prophets. Recently, I heard about it in connection with South America, that even the press media, it's written of, of this pilgrim preacher and this false prophet. Who is false? False is he who does not agree with God's word. False prophets were and are those who do not agree with the true prophet. False teachers are they who do not agree with the teaching of the Holy Scripture. But the, the, the roles are being changed. And because we don't belong to the big club, therefore we are automatically are being labeled. And with this the people are finished. But God not. God is not finished. There is a church on the earth which is ordained to hear the word of the Almighty God in truth and to come to the true faith. Abraham believed God. And this was accounted unto him for righteousness. He was justified by faith, by faith in that what the Lord God said to him. Also we are being justified by faith. And faith is always anchored into the promises of God. And therefore it is written in Hebrews 11, without faith it is impossible to, to, to please God. And only by faith we recognize that God spoke the world into existence out of nothing. Everything is based upon faith. Without faith, it's impossible. Without faith. And what kind of faith? Of course, not this or that or that. But the faith, the belief, which is anchored in, his, in God's word, in his promises. Abraham didn't just believe something. He believed that what God spoke to him. That what God promised him. And also we, as the seed of Abraham, we believe that what God promised. There is this assurance in the word of God. I've said it last Sunday in uh, Zurich. I touched upon it. In God, everything is yes and amen. And we are indeed redeemed. I would like to read now from Romans chapter 8 to show us 
what I mean with this. Romans chapter 8 from verse 28. And we know, we know, it is not a guessing, we know, we are convinced, the blessed assurance, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Namely to them who are the called according to His purpose. According to His purpose. According to His predestination. God knew before the time started who would believe Him and who would not believe Him. God knew that. He could write our names into the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. It is not a coincidence. It is, of course, not no coincidence that we in this time have heard the word of truth. The word is predestinated and the people are predestinated. The people predestinated to hear the predestinated word and to have part in that what God is doing. And then, to give to this assurance the absolute, we read verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. Now I'm asking you now, where is there room for a doubt? When God ordained it that way, who can change it? It's impossible. It is impossible. God has the last word. And here we have it, black on white, in the word of God. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. It doesn't yet appear what we shall be, but when he shall appear, we shall be like him. What a high calling has God laid into our lives. What is connected with the grace which was granted to us. So, those whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate, not afterward. God doesn't have to do anything afterward. He did everything beforehand. Before him was the end, before the beginning, from eternity to eternity. To be, to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And that's how it is written already in Psalm 22. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. That's how it is written in John 17, uh, John 20, verse 17. I ascend to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. He was not ashamed to call us brethren. He the firstborn among many brethren. And here's the point. We were begotten and born again by the same word seed, by the same spirit. We, 
We are children of God by the faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord. That, in verse 30, and about, about this we can really rejoice now. Verse 30, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified. Not only the teaching about justification, the experience to have become, become just by the faith in the finished work of redemption on, on the cross of Calvary. Whom he justified, them he also glorified. Actually, from God's side, everything has taken place. Let us go to Ephesians, where it's also said very clearly, even more clear. Right in Ephesians, chapter 1, here we have in verse 4. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He has chosen us before the foundation of the world. Why do we? Uh, why are we troubled? Let us rest in God. To the people of God, there is a rest promised, and this rest is for all of us. And so, also in verse 5, in Ephesians 1, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. What wonderful words. What a wonderful confidence of faith. What an absolute is in all these scriptures. And the nice thing is, that everything is true. That we are everything as God said it in His Word. And then we read in verse 9, having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He has purposed in Himself. And now it comes again. In verse 11, in whom also we have, not will be, in whom we have obtained. We obtained it. Peter writes in his epistle, by his stripes we are healed. It is just before God, everything is reality. It's a fact. It, it will not be. It has already been like, it has already become. First Peter chapter 2. Two, first Peter chapter 2, verse 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. In him we have the reconciliation and the forgiveness by the blood. Then it says, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Not will be healed, ye 
We are healed. We are saved. We are delivered. We are healed. Everything is finished. Everything has taken place. And then it says, For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and overseer of your souls. A conversion to Christ. And pardon me if, if I say this here, but all the church fathers from the third and fourth century, do you know what happened to them? They didn't even have an experience of conversion. They were turning to Christendom, not to Christ. They turned to Christianity, which at that time became a state religion. We are not turning to a Christendom. This didn't call us. Christ called us. He redeemed us. He paid the price on the cross of Calvary. And here, in Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul writes from verse 6, Ephesians 2 from verse 4, But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love, wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. We may ask, how was this possible? We were not even here. It was nice. We are now here. And we recognize that already at that time it happened for us. Everything is grace, which we may experience, has quickened us together with Christ, dying with Him, being buried with Him, being quickened with Him. And this is not all. In the second part of verse 5 it says, By grace ye are saved. It has happened. And continues, verse 6, And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. From God's side, we are already as the redeemed flock, completed, perfected before the throne of God. With God, it is a finished, a complete work of redemption. He who receives it has part in it and will experience everything as it is being said to us in this here. In verse 8, Ephesians 2, verse 8, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Redemption, forgiveness, grace and salvation. It is the gift of God which we received. The same in Ephesians 2 verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus are ye, not will be one day, are ye who sometimes were afar off, made nigh by the blood of Christ. 
Brothers and sisters, the moment has come when we must receive all, the, all these things by faith, thanking God for it. That, that became true in us, that were fulfilled in us. This we may receive by faith. We must make these personal experiences with our God, by His grace. The Holy Scripture was, of course, only, only given to us to tell us what has happened with us. And we, we receive it so that it can happen in us and through us, by His grace. This is the realization of the redemption which we received from God in Jesus Christ by His grace. Then, Paul writes also to the Colossians. Here we have a number of statements in the, in the letter to the Colossians that it was the counsel of God. It was God's counsel with the church. Colossians 1 verse 21 and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works yet now has he reconciled you in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight this is redemption. This is grace which was granted to us not from you, not by works, but in his body of flesh. I said it here many times because the original sin happened in the body of flesh and blood. Therefore, the Redeemer had to come from the spiritual body into the body of flesh, into a body of flesh and blood to shed His holy blood so that we receive redemption and receive reconciliation with God. And by this being restored into our original stand as sons and daughters of God. This is redemption. This is perfect redemption which God has given us in Christ Jesus our Lord by His grace. Ye are the ones. He received it. It is yours. And then we read we could read chapter after chapter and always the word ye are, ye are. Colossians 3, Colossians 3 verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And then set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. It is so. It is so as God said it in His Word. Of course, when we look on us, 
on the body which is fading away, perhaps on all the trials through which we have to go. And this we in the long run may not do. We must, as Abraham, we must not look unto the circumstances, but unto the invisible as we would see him. Namely on him who gave the promises and who fulfilled them by himself. And therefore all promises are of course yes and amen through Jesus Christ our Lord. And at the same time through us. As written in Second Corinthians chapter 1. Brothers and sisters, may the Lord God give it to us that, that everything was, 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 was prepared for us by God, that we receive it, that we not longer beg and, 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 and ask and pray, but that we, that we break through to the certainty, it happened for me, it happened with me, I am crucified with Christ, I, am, I died with Him, I rose with Him, I was transferred with him into the heavenly places. Everything are divine facts. And we all know at the return of the Lord, not one point will be left out. Everything, everything will have found fulfillment. And therefore, we are on this earth, we are just strangers and pilgrims. And we are looking for the home. And our home is there on high. Already Abraham has, was looking for the city whose builder is God. This city whose maker is God. And our Lord says, I go to prepare a place for you. And I will return to take you unto myself. So that ye are there where I am also. And therefore, the serious preaching of the whole counsel of God, the leading into the will of God, and as we always say, into the agreement with God and His Word. As all the prophets were used to, to leave unto us the Word of God, and as apostles were used, to set forth to us the Bible truths and to come back to the beginning now. As it was in Acts 15 where the discussion was about the circumcision. There the elders and the apostles and the church at Jerusalem, they were coming together. And then Peter said, Beloved brothers, you know that God has chosen me in your midst. You can read it. Acts chapter 15. And then the decision was made. And the gentlemen of the group of the Pharisees, because that's how it is written, other people, other people don't even have the courage to always provoke disputes. All the others are submitting themselves in the plan of God. But here, in Acts 15, 
It's written in verse 5, but there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise. And so forth. You know the Holy Scripture from the, from the group of the Pharisees. It would have been nice when they would also have, would have experienced a renewing, not only a conversion, but also a new birth, that everything would have become new on the, on the inside, that, that they would have been taken over from the law into grace. That would have been nice. But here we have it in the next verse. Here Peter says, in the second part, from verse 7, it says, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, ye know, ye know, how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. It was the decision of God, not that what Peter wanted, but the Lord called him. The Lord made him the mouthpiece on the first day of Pentecost. He made him the mouthpiece on the f for the first sermon, so that we know what the content of the true preaching is, which happens under the leading of the Holy Spirit. What is connected with it? You all know, I have the TV program in Berlin every week, 30 minutes. And in the last one, it really, it was given to me in such a way, I hope it will go well. But I was asking the question, what good is it for all the parsons? If, when they speak about the conversion of soul, what good is it for a preacher when he speaks about soul saw the light, he heard the voice? I was asking, can the parsons, can the preachers testify to have seen the light, to have heard the voice? And then I also came to the point of the baptism. Here it really says, after Ananias laid hands on Saul, we know him as Paul, I was asking, to which person hands were laid on, laid on by a man of God? To which preacher were laid hands by, by a man of God? With the word, be seeing, brother Saul. And then at the, question, at the end I asked, who of them can testify, as written here, then it fell like scales from his eyes. I said, where are the spiritual leaders of today's time? From which it fell like scales from their eyes, who have heard the voice, who have seen the light. And at the end, I really, I was asking the question, who of all the parsons can testify of that? What happened with Saul? He could see he stood up and was baptized. I was asking, who stood up? Who's, which person stood up after he experienced his conversion? And who was baptized? We must bring the thing to the point. We cannot let the people go any longer on their own ways. 
we have the holy duty to say that's how it is written and that's how it was experienced at the beginning that's how the way of God looks like for the believers and we want to see what God will do by His grace let us summarize what it is about today at this place it is about to abide in the word not to interpret anything not to bring forth any doctrine and causing confusion into the body of the Lord, but leaving everything up to God. But this in the true faith that we from God's side are that what the Holy Scripture says by Jesus Christ our Lord. We have come to the faith. We have received the word. We believe that we are now very near before the return of Jesus Christ. And brothers and sisters, let me say it here today. Everywhere are really own programs. Own programs. Much religious business as never before. And what bothers me the most, I can also say it here, that in all the big charismatic meetings, really, the, the people are called to the front to receive the fullness of the Spirit and to receive the Spirit baptism. And do you know how this happens? The people are lining up there in the front and the catcher are standing behind them and then comes the command and suddenly all one after the other they, they, they fall on their back and the catcher lays them nicely on the ground lays them all on the ground and do you know what then the charismatic says in English you are slain under the power of the Holy Spirit du bist erschlagen under the Kraft des Heiligen Geistes and jetzt sage ich euch And I'll tell you why I said it to you. According to Matthew 25, the wise virgins do not send the foolish virgins to Jesus who baptizes with the Holy Ghost and the fire. John said, I baptize you with water and repentance. He who comes after me baptizes you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. The wise virgins who experienced it him, him, themselves with the Lord, they found out that the foolish ones, they sent them back to, the, to, to those who sell, to the spiritual traders. They sent them back there to, to think, to be able to give out the, the, the Spirit. I ask you today, can one Spirit-filled believer give the Spirit baptism to someone else? It's impossible. Only Jesus Christ baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And the wise are sending the foolish to the traders, to those who sell. Because they were thinking of themselves, oh, this is the man, or these are the people, that the men who can give us the fullness of the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, it really hurts. It really hurts to see the deception. All are believing what they like. All are doing what they like. Men or women, all are... Oh, trust for what? Ramba, zamba. What they think. What they call life. But the working of the Holy Spirit looks totally...
totally different. The Holy Spirit gives new life in us. And today, I am convinced that no one who belongs to the Bride Church will go to the traders. I don't believe it. I believe we understood that we are coming back to Jesus Christ. So, not a special man, not someone, but Jesus Christ baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then, and then the climax, when the foolish went to the traders to buy oil, then the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in. The big lesson, the great lesson, I hope we understood now. Now, at the end, in closing, let us believe together and let us expect that the Lord will give an outpouring of the Holy Spirit by His grace. A new reviving, a new reviving by His Spirit. Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit it shall happen, saith the Lord. And this is written in Zechariah 4, where it speaks about the golden lampstand, and where it speaks of the, of, of the capstone, not of the cornerstone, of the capstone. And at the placing of the capstone, then it will be sung, Grace, grace unto Him. We are living at the end of the time of grace. The Lord leads us into His Word and into His will. He opens unto us the eyes for the timely events, for the fulfillment of Bible prophecies. He opens unto us the eyes for the religious deception, which is also now happening all over. And He separates us and sanctifies us in the word of truth, so that we by this can experience our preparation in obedience to the word. May the Lord God worldwide bless all those who are hearing his word and all who believe, all who believe will come into the possession of that what God has given to us in Jesus Christ by his grace. To him be the honor and praise and the glory forever. Amen. Let us stand up. Let us thank the Lord together. Perhaps we sing the chorus Thou art worthy, Thou art worthy.
closer to home. Before we pray together, before we sing only believe, let me ask whether some are here who wish to dedicate their lives to the Lord, who would like to be part when the Lord calls His own. Whoever hears His call now will also hear it then, when the trump will sound and when the voice of the archangel will be heard and when the Lord returns to take His own home. Should there be some in our midst, feel free to come to the Lord. Actually, we may not close any meeting without giving the call of the Lord. He calls even today, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will quicken you. I will give you rest for your souls. Is someone here who did not yet find this rest in God by Jesus Christ our Lord? Who did not yet experience the grace of God personally? It can take place now. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. As we are having our heads bowed, as we are closing our eyes, as we are opening our hearts, let me ask, for how many can we pray tonight? There are some here. God bless. All over. Everywhere the hands are going up. Everywhere. God bless you. Believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because by this the salvation is connected. Let us sing. Only believe. Only believe.
Before we pray, let me ask whether some are here who will receive the healing now. Who needs healing? God bless you. God bless. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. I've seen it. I experienced it. I'm an ear and eyewitness of that, what God has done. Let us now pray together. Let us believe together. And let us experience God together. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee with all our hearts for Your precious and holy word. We thank Thee that you adopted us in Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son, as your sons and daughters. We have the birthright. We have the divine right to all promises. And we pray for redemption, for salvation, for healing and for deliverance. Be thou present, O Lord, and confirm thy word. We believe as the scripture says. And I pray you, may it be manifested that you are present and that you are having a church which you called out, in which you confirm your word. And where signs and wonders are happening, dear Lord, we are thanking you for the power of your blood and of your word and of your spirit. Have thine own way with all of us. You are alive. You have risen. We thank thee for it. Precious Lord, I thank thee that you have answered us. Bless. Bless. Hallelujah. 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 Believe as the scripture says, by his stripes ye were healed. We have the reconciliation. We have the redemption. We have the forgiveness. We received it. God was in Christ and reconciled the world with himself. He has forgiven all our trespasses. By the blood of the Lamb, we were reconciled. Glorify the power of His blood and of His word and of His spirit. Precious Lord, bless your people, your church, your blood-bought flock. Baptize with the Holy Ghost and fire. O Lord, baptize with the Holy Ghost and fire. Come down, come down. 
endue your church with the power from on high Jesus our Lord and Redeemer you are baptizing even today with the Holy Ghost and fire Hallelujah Hallelujah Praise, honor and glory Praise, honor and glory be unto you Hallelujah Hallelujah Hallelujah. 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 Singen wir noch, dies ist der Tag. Dies ist der Tag, dies ist der Tag, den der Herr gemacht, den der Herr gemacht. Dies ist der Tag. Dies ist der Tag, den der Herr gemacht. Lasset uns froh und dankbar sein. Lasset das Wort und den Geist hinein. Dies ist der Tag, dies ist der Tag, den der Herr gemacht. Und noch, ich lieb ihn, ich lieb ihn. Ich lieb ihn, ich lieb ihn. Das teure Gotteslamm, das mich geliebt und für mich stand am Damit alle mitsingen können, singen wir es auch noch in Englisch. I love him, I love him, because he first loved me and purchased my salvation. On Amen.